0: Here's a bit of e-commerce trivia. (laughs) Did you know that 9 out of 10 UK shoppers will abandon a store using US dollars? Or that if someone leaves your store to use a currency converter, 2 out of 3 won't return? Not showing the default local currency might be one of the biggest contributors to your e-commerce bounce rate. And if you ship internationally, a multi-currency app is an absolute must. And the folks at Bold make the best multi-currency app out there. Here's why. It auto-detects where your customers are shopping from and shows them their correct currency. So you don't lose them in the first second that they load the site. And of course it also syncs real-time with currency databases too, so it's always up to date. But it has a few other neat tricks as well, such as rate padding. So if you set it to sync real-time rates, but want to pad the conversion by a few percent, eh, to make a little for yourself, you can do that too. It also supports vanity pricing, which I think is neat. So if you want all your prices to end in, say, 99 cents, it could do that for you as well. And it's got all those features, but best of all, it's free. So I can't even offer you a special extended trial, because there isn't one. Just go to the App Store and search Bold Multi Currency. That's bold multi-currency in the app store. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes. And their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from EtherCycle headquarters high above Old Orchard Mall in Skokie, Illinois. And one of the the questions I got commonly toward the end of last year uh, and into January is people, there's lots of people wrote these these oddball uh, clickbaity 2018 e-commerce trends to watch out for type articles. They'd say, Kurt, is dropshipping dead? And I'd say, well, I don't know because I wasn't, paying attention to it in the first place. Like, I really have no idea. My focus isn't on finding your product and, and how to pick your product, right? Like, I come in after the fact. So I, I really, I don't know. Um, but certainly dropshipping is out there and huge and important. And so much so that last year, Shopify quietly bought a tool called Oberlo. And what Oberlo does, I've used it. It's very cool. Um, it's, a, it's a Chrome extension and a Shopify app and it lets you in one click import and, fulf- and set up fulfillment for uh, dropshipping products in your Shopify store. It's super cool, um, and so they, you know, seeing that dropshipping was this impressive trend last year, acquired Oberlo, and joining us is from uh, from Oberlo, one of the original original five founders, is Tomas Slimas. I screwed up. How did you say your name for me, uh, Matt?
1: Thomas Limis.
0: Thomas Slimas, thank you. Got it. He's chief marketing officer at Overlow, and they have sold more than 100 million products with people over the last 24 months, and they're working to help those people achieve success. So it doesn't sound to me like dropshipping is dead. But Thomas, tell me what it. What's the answer to this? Is dropshipping is dropshipping dead in 2018?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, w- yeah, I. I mean it's. So definitely there are more people trying out dropshipping than there were a couple of years ago. And um, But in general, I would just say that with the influx of so many aspiring entrepreneurs trying out their luck with dropshipping, we have a changing landscape of dropshipping. So it might have been that uh, in order to be a successful dropshipper, you had to use I don't know, Facebook marketing uh, a few years ago. And now a lot of people are trying Instagram ads. Dropshipping was around for like ten years. So when you started with dropshipping ten years ago, we would probably sell very expensive products and try to rank your website on on Google and um, try to generate organic traffic. Nobody does that today. So it's more of a dropshipping is the dropshipping trend is continue c- continues to increase, and um, it's just that the, the tools to achieve success uh, differs. But but the dropshipping itself will, I mean, it it has no there's I, I wouldn't say that it has any chance to uh, kind of disappear or be dead.
0: Sir, yeah, I, I think that is a, a reasonable and nuanced answer. It's, I agree with it. it. It sounds like the barrier to entry has dropped so low that you have an influx of people um, who jump in and then you know, don't achieve immediate overnight success yeah. and then turn around and go, well, drop shipping's dead. It's not that I did anything wrong, or I didn't try hard enough, or I didn't pivot, or, or I didn't do research. It's just that Drop is dead. You know, it's a much easier explanation to blame a, uh, you know, to blame an industry and a technology than to accept that, hey, maybe the, I just didn't do this right, it didn't work out for me, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that is a, a fair answer. All right, so if we, we know that Drop Shipping isn't dead. And you've got you've helped a hundred million help sell a hundred million products during the last twenty four months. Then tell me, what does it actually take to become a successful dropshipping store owner in twenty eighteen?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, what do we see, or what I, I personally actually noticed recently is that a lot of dropshippers, successful dropshippers, are now switching to promoting trendy products, and um, so instead of choosing a particular niche or a category they just build the stores that promote kind of daily deals and um, what it takes then the only thing that it takes to become successful is how to drive traffic so kind of when i look at a successful dropshipper profile right now it would be someone who knows marketing really really well um, probably one channel uh, so not someone who knows all the channels and kind of spreads himself or herself too thin all over the place but you know understands one channel very, very uh, deeply and, um, and then just set up a store, which is not kind of bound by any categories so they can run a lot of tests. And, and um, yeah, but in general, to, to answer this question, it's, it's basically marketing, marketing knowledge, how to drive traffic. And you said, uh,
0: an interesting thing in there. All right. So I want to unpack that a little bit. Um, you said the, they master one channel, Are there particular channels you see that seem to work well?
1: So, of course, the biggest, uh, the majority of dropshippers are using Facebook ads. Uh, That's kind of a go-to marketing platform right now. But uh, there are a lot of uh, kind of entrepreneurs experimenting with Instagram ads, influencer marketing. I've seen quite a few successful stores built on SEO, even though I said nobody does that right now. But there are actually quite a few successful dropshipping stores built on SEO, kind of channel just because they had some kind of SEO project before. And then they said, I want to monetize that project. And then they launched to like in parallel a a Shopify store. So um, by any means, Facebook is like the very first marketing channel, but there are other uh, uh, entrepreneurs who, um, who try to master or master um, other marketing channels too.
0: And the one the the almost the guarantee for failure seems to be let's try every channel all at once cuz who has the resources to really you know, double down and master on any of those to do all of that at once right yeah
1: absolutely so i feel like when you are just uh, just starting out and you you are setting up your first store it's very easy to get lost in in this uh, overwhelming amount of content which is out there about how to start your successful store how to start a successful store how to try your, how to set up your first marketing campaign and it's easy to get lost because different articles say different things and then you cannot filter out what what which kind of content actually says the truth so it might be true that you have to build a brand or it's might it might be true that you have to focus on getting as many email subscribers as possible but it's just about whether the timing is right so at the beginning it's just it is important that uh, you try to master one marketing channel. You know, you. I would even suggest not to collect any emails at all, or not do any email marketing at all. So it's it's more of like a lean way of starting out, starting up. So uh,
0: I, okay, I like that idea. So we should view if you're starting. If your intention is to start an e-commerce store. With using purely drop shipping, you have to look at it as a lean business, as a lean startup, um, where you're moving, you're moving fast and furious, um, and really focusing your efforts like laser focusing. To we've got, you know, we just need to drive traffic from a single channel that we we master, um, and we're going to not dedicate ourselves to a single product or even product category, but move through what we know is uh, on trend and uh, often do these daily deal site where we're really leveraging urgency and scarcity. So it's like a totally different ball game here. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and what's, so that's, what's beautiful about dropshipping. So it's, it's It, it doesn't require like huge capital investments. You can easily start a business. There are no, um, there's, there's little, um, kind of work included in setting up a store and, and then you focus on finding, you know, that one marketing channel that works for you best, building your audiences. Retargeting list and whatnot, and then maybe at some point you will decide, you know, I want to expand my business and I want to make it more sustainable, so I will try other marketing channels, so I don't rely 100% on Facebook ads, or maybe I'll introduce some white labeled products or create my own brand, or I don't know, even launch another store, which uh, would be then advertised to the audience, which was primarily built for a dropshipping website. So it's it's easy, uh, a good, it's it's really a good way to start and and. Another thing that's beautiful about dropshipping, and a lot of people don't think about it this way, is that it's easy to quit it. So I've I've had a few e-commerce stores before that were traditional e-commerce stores, and and I had my inventory, I bought inventory and stocked it in my uh, kind of a small warehouse or a garage, and then after it uh, after I kind of lost my uh, ambition and uh, said that you know it doesn't work. I was left with all that inventory in my garage and I still have quite a few books and, and my brother has ties and whereas with dropshipping if you if you think you know it's it's not successful, uh, I can't make it, I don't have time, I don't have capital, I, I don't I just I just can't make it work. Quitting is as easy as installing an app or, you know, closing your Shopify account. So Cool.
0: So you've definitely <laughs> you have opened my eyes to the, the possibilities and the the benefits of dropshipping, um, let's go 10,000 foot view here. We should back up. What is dropshipping?
1: Oh, so yeah, dropshipping, I, I should explain that in one sentence probably. So
0: yeah, we both assumed we knew what everybody's talking about, What that everyone would know what we're talking yeah. about. What are we talking about? What is dropshipping? So dropshipping
1: drop shipping is a fulfillment model where um, instead of stocking the inventory in your warehouse, you would um, connect with suppliers and uh, whenever you make an order those suppliers would ship that product like ship that order directly to your customers so and then you have a product you have a product on your store and whenever someone purchases that product on your store you inform your supplier about that that you received that order and the supplier ships it directly to your customers so it would probably be a good example would be amazon marketplace so you have amazon marketplace and there are many sellers there that are not amazon Itself, so like third-party sellers, and whenever someone makes purchase on Amazon, Amazon is kind of drop shipping that through third-party suppliers to to their customers. So that is in a right. in a nutshell, was drop shipping.
0: Okay. So the other, the, the I had that common question of like, is drop shipping dead, right? And we've we've established it's not. We've established what drop shipping is and some great advantages to it. Um, but what uh, the other common question I get. From people who are super early, they go. I'm going to start a Shopify store. I'm going to drop ship stuff, and they go, "Kirk, can you help me choose which products to sell?" And I go, "No, I have no idea, right?" So how do you how do you know? How do you choose which products to sell?
1: So probably nobody knows exactly uh, which product will sell well and uh, how to choose the right product because it really depends on on your situation. So when I said that uh, people get lost in, in this overwhelming amount of content out there about let's say this topic, how to choose a product to sell, it is that. Some some uh, some articles or some content, YouTube videos or whatever, would say that you know you should be selling something that is, um, I don't know, a, a product. Um, I, I don't really know how to put it, but a pro- I know that one article says you have to sell a product which costs uh, more, and you know something that a hobbyist will would you know really be keen on. So I don't know, fishing gear, some.
0: So yeah, a hobby or niche product. Yeah, okay. and then
1: but it really depends if you if you unpack that, it really depends on what the marketing channel is. So if you're targeting hobbyists, you would probably go on SEO because a lot of hobbyists are exactly intentfully looking for some gear for their hobby or some product. It's really hard to target them on Facebook and and just catch them scrolling through their newsfeed on on a metro. So it's more of like what I, what I'm trying to say here is that depending on your skills um and your background you might choose different marketing channels and depending on that different marketing channels you might choose different products so if uh, something that is more complex and more focused on um kind of hobbyist, you would probably be focusing around seo marketing whereas if you're looking at facebook or especially instagram it's more of something that we see is like um impulsive purchases so someone is not in a mood to shop right now, scrolling through their Facebook newsfeed, and then they found, find a product, notice your ad, which features a product, and then click on it, and then purchase that. And for that to happen, the product has to be very, not click I would say, but just stand, the product would stand out from the newsfeed. Like, it's an interesting product. It's not a commodity product that you would just crawl through and didn't don't even notice. So if you are focusing on Facebook ads, probably the product should be more... Um, kind of bald, more interesting, more click bite-y, it should probably be, since the shopper is not, since the prospect is not in the mood to purchase things, then the product might need to be uh, more, um, more of a deal thing. So, you know, there is an urgency to buy that product because there is a limited time deal or the product is at a very good price. So it's more of, Choosing the product depending on how you will market and not looking at a product as it's only a product because product will never bring you many, like many people to your store because you will eventually need to do marketing. And that's why you have to think about the product in terms of market. Sorry, I made this answer very long.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. So we want to, all right. So we, it goes back to, we need to know and have mastered one fa- one marketing channel, it's probably going to be Facebook. But then within, it's more than just make a great Facebook ad. You know, we have to have a, a Facebook ad um, that really like does, it stands out, does some interruption marketing. And then when they land on our Facebook page, we need, uh, once they're on our, our Facebook page, we need to treat it more like uh, as a, as seen on TV style thing where we've got urgency and scarcity um, and use use some direct response marketing efforts kind of like these longer uh long form sales pages or landing pages i think you know with countdown timers that's um and you know kind of interesting um gizmo type products that fit within hobbies and have um lower price points that seems to be like where i see see the fit for it um where it seems to make sense exactly yeah, um, and,
1: and, did i get that right yeah exactly and and when you look at like when you're browsing the catalog and choosing products which you could sell I mean, try to imagine if that would fit what you just described. So if I take a white t shirt, would it receive any clicks on Facebook ads? Would it be interesting? Would I be able to make a, I don't know, limited time offer? Is anyone interested and in, would feel urgency to buy a white t shirt, which is a regular white t shirt that anyone can buy anywhere? So it's more of like you choose, you, you, you browse the catalog, you pick a product that you think, oh, that would be cool to sell, and, and then you try to imagine how that would work all work out if you create an ad and all this fun. I
0: got you. Okay, so, all right, we've, we've, you've really made a, a good case for dropshipping. What are some of the risks to it? Does it have, are there risks specific to dropshipping that we should be aware of?
1: Um, so there are definitely many risks. So dropshipping is... Just like any other business, uh, it involves risk in uh, you know, investing time to, into something that won't work out or investing money in Facebook ads that wouldn't bring positive return on investment. So there are many risks involved in just like regular businesses, but specifically to dropshipping, probably one is that uh, a lot of the dropshipping currently is based on... Um, based on relationship between merchants who are in the West part of the world and suppliers who are in, in the East side of the world and mostly in China. And um, the majority of things around us are manufactured in China. So that doesn't necessarily mean that products that come from China are bad or something. It's just that there is a chance that uh, you might run into a supplier that has a bad profile and is a bad actor in the market. and. Um, that usually happens and it takes time to find good suppliers and develop great relationships with them. So one of the risks is that until you find that great relationship with the supplier, you might burn a few times here and there. So one thing is, if you're thinking of dropshipping, uh, especially if you have some already existing established brand, you might invest more in finding the right supplier, pre-vetting the products, etc., etc. et cetera. If you're just newer and you want to start out, I would just import products, but Eventually, the risk is that if you don't do your homework vetting the suppliers, it might be a, a, you might risk some short term like brand images because you might turn into a supplier uh, that is not not meeting your expectations or your customers' expectations. So that's one thing. And then the second risk is is probably that I mean it's it's a benefit as well as the risk. So the benefit is that you can start very lean and you know try one marketing channel, drive traffic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But The risk is that uh, you might overly rely on one marketing channel or if you made success with one product you might not sustain that success with other products and uh, just that it's kind of um, the risk and the challenge is that it's it's it takes a lot of efforts to build a sustainable business so finding repetitively successful products finding other marketing channels over time, maybe introducing white labeling, et cetera. So risk is that it's, it's very easy to start, but it's also, it's harder to build a sustainable business over time.
0: That makes sense. Well, and I think the, the factory thing, I mean, we heard in an episode uh, a couple of weeks back um, from someone who helps people, uh, Nathan Resnick, uh, I believe, who helps people can find factories uh, to work with. I mean, it's to say, if you were having your own product manufactured, Versus drop shipping from a supplier, really. I mean, the the same risk exists there either way. Um, and then the other one is just you know, um, is, is fulfillment. You know, we've seen people they get their you know their products manufactured, and they the factories always miss delivery dates. Um, with suppliers, the same thing can happen. Um, we had a client who was they did what you suggested. They f- they figured out their niche. They mastered marketing with Facebook groups. It was this incredibly clever direct response marketing funnel. And it was so successful, they immediately overwhelmed the supplier, right? They had sold, completely sold the supplier out of all of their product and then had this crazy backlog. And it was, you know, this, this big issue for them. Um, you know, but like those, really those risks are, seem to be universal to, to e-commerce. You just swap factory for supplier, yeah. same issues um on the stock
1: yeah i, I, okay. I have an interesting story on the stock uh, sure. um kind of on the stock and sales back so we are running the suburban supply marketplace so uh where we connect the suppliers in china directly with the merchants uh with the shopify merchants on on the west part of the world so we are um, kind of inviting different suppliers and pre-vetting them for our merchants so they don't have to um do that homework that i mentioned before and um and the interesting thing is that even if you pick a great supplier who is a, a trustworthy supplier that you visited on site, made, you know, a um, couple of test orders, checked their products on site, etc., etc., That doesn't mean that uh, they are, they can't make any mistakes in their fulfillment process. So what happened was that that supplier listed his product on our marketplace and one Shopify merchant started selling those products. And, um, he received a few sales here and there. And then instantly he probably, so one day he, he started making like a thousand sales every day because probably he just launched one campaign, which worked out and then he just focused on it and doubled down. So that supplier has been receiving like a couple of orders every day. And then one day he wakes up to a thousand orders. And uh, yeah, I mean, Chinese suppliers rarely say no. So that guy just tried to cover up and, and, and ship those uh, orders as fast as possible, but uh, yeah, the delivery expectations were not met, and and there were a lot of problems included in in, in that, and and we ended up like refunding uh, a lot of orders for the merchant and uh, covering lo- the loss of, of like late deliveries. But that was a, a very interesting thing. So meaning that even if we vet the supplier and the supplier is great, they are not. Um, they cannot prevent from you. You cannot prevent failures because of the sales spikes. So for merchants, the only suggestion would be if you are planning any huge marketing campaigns, inform your supplier as soon as possible, and in advance as much as in advance as possible.
0: Uh oh yeah, I mean that makes sense. Just let them know <laughs> rather than dump a ton of orders on them and assume that they have you know some phenomenal Tim Cook esque just in time manufacturing process for their you know inexpensive good. That you didn't know of, right? Like, it's not. Yeah, that's a risk, but it really, you know, again, like all things, I think the the merchant has to take some responsibility there too. Um, so, okay, we've we've talked, you know, twenty minutes about dropshipping. Let's say I'm I'm sold on drop shipping. You have a tool that is built around Shopify and drop shipping. It's called Oberlo, right? All right, tell me about Oberlo.
1: Yeah, so Oberlo, um, yeah, it's a marketplace for finding products to sell. So in order to open a dropshipping store, the first question is how do I find a supplier who would dropship products for me? So whenever I make a sale, that supplier would ship it uh, directly to my customer. So Oberlo is a place where you can find those products. And at Oberlo currently you have two sources of products. One that comes from Aliexpress and the second is Oberlo Marketplace, Oberlo Supply. And um, yes, you you just sign up for Oberlo, uh, browse our catalog of products pick those products, uh, pick the products you like to sell, and then import them to your Shopify store. So it, it, it really takes just a few clicks. It's very easy to test out, and it's completely free, so you can just play around and, and, and see if you like. It's pretty uh, straightforward.
0: So I've got... Um, so with Oberlo, I, I add the app, and then you now vet... in the. I used it over a year ago when I tried it. Um, and at that time, it was uh, a Chrome extension, and then you cruised... Alibaba to find the products you wanted and it was like one click it would just create a product listing in your store um, and then even did it synced it where it would do inventory and price updates um, and fulfill the orders automatically. Yeah there are a lot of
1: like small features around that but at the core it's more about importing products and then making sure that they are shipped to your customers but we do have like um, stock updates automated price changes uh, tracking monitoring so we can see where all of your orders are if there are any orders that are going to the wrong direction like order is placed in us and the order tracking number says it goes to uk so we do have a lot of small features and and the, the platform itself is very very advanced and you can you know run a simple business as well as a very sophisticated business but um, yeah for uh, in general it's it's we are focusing on helping entrepreneurs find products to sell and, and that's kind of how we position the the the, the product
0: Oh, for sure, and I think yeah. There's a the clear attraction to dropshipping and overlow is, you know, i i could get I can get into e commerce very quickly and easily. It lowers that bar, makes it easy. Um, but I think there there is opportunity here if you're already selling a product. Um, say you've got your private label product or your your post Kickstarter success product. We see a lot of stores where it's like they've got one really successful product but then how do they extend customer lifetime value? How do they increase average order value? And I think the solution there could be use Overload dropship stuff and add complementary um, cross-sell items, you know, like accessories. Um, for your, your core products. So they can live in harmony. There's this odd idea that they're mutually exclusive and it isn't yeah, the case.
1: I, I totally agree. I once wrote an article for a Better Lemonade Stand blog about how to integrate dropshipping in, in, in your existing store. And dropshipping is really, a, if, if you found a, a, a great partner or if you use Verlo Supply where there's some pre-vetting included involved, it is a great way, dropshipping is a great way for backfilling your catalog so to create this browsing experience or to increase lifetime value or to do upsells, cross sells or anything like that is just, it's just a good tool. And and it is used by many big brands like dropshipping is not some aspiring entrepreneurs way of doing business. Dropshipping is, um, integrated into a few big stores, uh, in the U S in the e-commerce stores. And, um, yeah it's just it's just a good way of not sucking the inventory and relying on your third parties to um yeah ship those products
0: yeah for that I like that use case um because we in our consulting practice you know we most ninety eight percent of the time are going to work with an established store, so for them you know for my core audience I think that um that is absolutely the use case for this. I love, and it might be a great way to like, hey, we could quickly test and validate new product ideas. Um, all right, the, I think the the objection that I have heard that I have had um, to to drop shipping in this way is you're shipping it direct from a manufacturer in China. So how long is it? How long is my item going to take to get to you know a customer in the Midwest US? Um, and what are what are some of the solutions? That I should be aware of there.
1: So um, the most popular shipping method is ePacket, and it takes around two weeks to ship a product from China to the US. And um, yeah, it's 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 it probably can go lower than that with regular, like with standard relationship with the suppliers. But as long as, whenever like whenever you start making more sales and and develop this relationship with your supplier, which is closer. You might, um, we've seen many cases where merchants, dropshippers themselves negotiate deals with their suppliers. So their products, the products that they are selling are kind of stocked in suppliers' U.S. warehouse. A lot of big, bigger suppliers have U.S. warehouses. So they rent third-party warehouses too. And, um, and that increases the delivery time significantly and takes just a few days. But in, in general, when you start, you would probably just use the e delivery And to probably to a lot of people's surprise, uh, two weeks is, I mean, a lot of people claim that delivery speed is very, very important and it is important, but for particular product categories, it is not that important. So if we return a little bit to the products, choosing the right product to sell, you consider the marketing, but you also would consider if someone is buying that product, would they expect to receive it tomorrow or, uh, they they would be fine receiving it in a few weeks and different product categories might, uh, play different uh, with uh, with such a delivery time.
0: All right. I love it. Last question. Let's say I'm totally sold on this idea. What's Oberlo going to cost me?
1: Um so Oberlo is totally free. It it, it Yeah, uh, it, it's, oh. it, it's it's okay, t- t- actually the the paid plan starts at uh, 50 orders per uh, month. But that is kind of well combined with if you're making sales and earning money we will incur it a little bit higher fee on you. And so the initial base is totally free until you make 50 orders per month. And um, whenever you're making more than 50 orders per month, you switch to a basic plan, which is $29 per month.
0: So it, it's a nominal fee. It's a value-based fee in that you're not going to get hit up for any chart. It's $29, you know, $29.90 US a month. Only once you hit once you get over 50 orders. So only once you have validated and you're making money, they're going to charge you a small fee. Um, I think that is perfectly reasonable and legitimate thing to do. Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, where could people go to learn more about you?
1: Um, about me or Oberlo? Why not both? So about Oberlo, you just go to overlo.com. Oberlo.com. o b e r l O.com. And, um, about me probably can just uh, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I think you will uh, add my LinkedIn profile in the podcast notes.
0: Yes, in the yeah, in the show notes, I've got a link to Oberlo, so you can head straight there, learn more about it, check it out. Uh, we can go. You could hit hit him up on Twitter. I got the link for that, and LinkedIn. I've got the the link for that as well. Uh, so, all right, last and final question before I wrap it up. You've got this platform. Is there any piece of misinformation you'd like to correct about dropshipping, or is there anything you wish every Shopify store owner would do? Now is your chance to put it out well, there.
1: You you caught me in <laughs> uh, not prepared. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's 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 a lot about being just open to the opportunity out there. So it, it, you mentioned a couple of times that the free barrier to e-commerce is is it has never been lower and not. And it, it it went to such uh, lows that it just it's just your grit commitment that uh, that separates the successful merchants and not successful. So you know you don't have to be in a location where uh, from that location you would uh, the shipping speed would really be faster. There, I mean, I started my first drop shipping business when I was in Spain and My drop shipping allowed me to um, sell products to the U.S being in a country where there are not so many suppliers or the shipping infrastructure is worse than in, in China or so, you know, dropshipping allows you to start a business despite your location or despite your capital. So you don't have to invest in, in buying the products and stocking them in your warehouse. So it's, it's this trend in lowering uh, the barrier of e-commerce just made it, Starting so simple that the only thing that differs the successful and unsuccessful merchants at the beginning is whether you are committed enough and really want it, and are you hungry for success? And and yeah, in light of that, I would just say that you know be open to the opportunity, and if if you ever had an idea to start a business, just just go ahead.
0: I love it. I think that's a great argument for hey, get get out there, try it, and. You know, you got to. You have to have some grit um, and take some some responsibility and try and master master a marketing channel um, and and be willing to try some different things and pivot. I think uh, my big takeaway from this is that I I was too quick to judge and dismiss dropshipping and dropshippers. Um, really, I I was I apologize to the dropshipping community for my past comments. They were insensitive. Um, <laughs> no, I think. I, this is a, a valuable tool. It is another tool in all of our e-commerce toolboxes. Um, and you know, if you have been quick to dismiss it in the past, reconsider it, take another look at it for um, you know, quick wi- quickly uh, being able to add, validate. And I love this idea of, of using it to backfill a catalog. Thomas, thank you. I am enlightened. I have learned a lot, and I, I greatly appreciate your time.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me. So was a lot of fun.
0: My pleasure. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder... SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at
1: commerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.